is Matt Crump. I've been known as a lot of things over my life. The class clown, the army guy, the rocker guy, the car guy, and the guitar guy. I've also made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the best thing I ever did, that's give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. He led me down a lifelong path and introduced me to my awesome bride, Rockin' Robin, blessed us with two incredible kids, and has given me a hope through some of the absolute toughest times of my life. See, I'm battling stage four cancer, and although that sucks, <laughs> it's opened my eyes and heart to a hope I never knew this way before and moments I never noticed. I call those God's Got This Moments, and they reveal hope like never before. Today, I'd like to welcome you to Hope Revealed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, or welcome to those of you that are tuning in for the first time to Hope Revealed. I'm your host, Matt Crump, and I come to you every Tuesday with episodes of Hope, Help, and Health. Sometimes we have guests that give us great information and help in the world of health and healthcare, as well as ways to find hope through that information. I'm hoping to have somebody on here in the next week or two with that. So as a person myself battling stage four cancer, I wanted to bring a platform to you that would specifically bring hope as well as help. It can be done through special guests, information I've been able to locate, and information from emails and messages I receive from you, our listeners. So if there's something you'd like to learn about, study a little bit more, uh, send me a note, and I'd be happy to look into that and see if we can't uh, do some research and do a podcast. You can always email us here at community at godsgotthis.love for questions, comments, or content. So here we go. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the bottom floor. Bum, 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 and understanding the value of a good foundation before you climb the ladder of success. So I hope you'll stick around for the next few minutes, and I look forward to hearing back from you after the show today in the comments section of the podcast. We really do value your input. All right, so a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about a young lady named Sasha. Remember? She was setting records all over the world for her success in climbing, and we're not taking up some tree in the backyard with this climbing exercise thing. She's talking about hitting up some solid, chunky, rocky earth hundreds of feet in the air, right? The struggle's real, and the celebration at the top is always a moment you never forget. The climb's a powerful experience, requiring stamina, skill, and fortitude. So think about incredible athletes like, like Sasha, headed out to the mountain, they're about to climb, got all their gear with them, prepped for days, weeks, months, and, and even years for the perfect situation and the perfect climb. <laughs> Do you think they would go to all that trouble to get there, look at the mountain they're about to climb, and say, yeah, I mean, I'm probably just going to fall off and die, so whatever, I'll just forget it. <laughs> no, that would just be plain stupid. To plan and prepare for something so much that when you get to it, you just give up and quit? Whew. Today, I want to talk to you a little more about the climb for sure and the fortitude to make the climb. But if we're ever going to climb the ladder of success, you'll never get to the penthouse view without the right foundation. When it comes to tall buildings, downtown New York City wasn't the first place with tall buildings. Now, we've been infatuated with reaching the sky for centuries. From the Tower of Babel at Babylon to enormous architectural masterpieces still standing as the great pyramids throughout Egypt. Yes, it's easy to think of many examples of structures over our human history. And even more recently, in the past 150 years or so, mankind has developed strategies and technologies and breakthroughs making it possible to have buildings a half a mile, 1,500 feet, and almost 2,000 feet high. 
That's high. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see a skyscraper or just a really tall building and stand in front of it and then just look straight up, like stand right there, right? And just stand in front of it and look straight up. Just stand there. It'll be a matter of seconds before you notice yourself becoming a little wobbly and for some reason it might just be plain impossible to stand there and look without getting sick or scared or both or falling down, right? Have you ever wondered what it takes for buildings like that to be able to get built so tall? Well, you've guessed correct if your first guess was the most important thing is the foundation. There are so many combining factors that make the success of a solid structure like that. But today, I'd just like to talk to you about something powerful for those and something very powerful for us, the bottom floor. All right, one of the first skyscrapers that was built was built in the late 1800s in Chicago. It was called Chicago's Home Insurance Building. It was finished in 1884, and it was 10 stories high. Well, obviously, that doesn't sound too high compared to the buildings you can think of today, but go stand on its roof, lean over, and then tell me how tall a 10-story building is. It's tall enough. It's a tall building, and back then, that's pretty tall. And it was a miracle. I mean, they, the, I talked about foundations, but the structure, the way you had to build it, and, and the internal uh, makings of it, the walls, the uh, steel, the spines, everything that's in there, all the girders, it's crazy, right? So the only way to build a building that keeps going up is to first start by going down. It takes, in most cities, a lot of digging. Uh, for example, the World Trade Center. It had to be dug 65 feet down before they hit bedrock. They had to devise a plan to keep the water table from flooding the huge hole and at the same time stop the walls of that hole from falling in on themselves. It took a lot of engineering to come up with what it takes to build these enormous buildings. Some of the other issues besides the sheer weight is wind. And before I talk about wind, here's an interesting fact. An average house can usually weigh about 70 tons. But the Empire State Building in New York City weighs 350,000 tons. Okay, so the wind. <laughs> the taller you go, the more wind is an issue and can cause a building to sway, and that's not good. So one of the ways to help stabilize these structures is by building a much wider foundation. So the wider and deeper it goes, the more it's able to sure up and steady these swinging steel structures and stopping them from falling right over. Oh, and there's the way the walls are constructed and the steel beams, they all play a major part too. So here's another interesting fact. When the 110-story World Trade Center towers were built in New York in the early 70s, the first ones, more than 1 million cubic yards, that's 765,000 cubic meters of soil and rock, were removed and dumped into the Hudson River, and they created 23.5 acres, that's 95,100 square meters of new land, on which another skyscraper was later constructed. And that was a deep hole, and that's a lot of dirt, right? So that's pretty impressive. I mentioned a moment ago that, that when builders begin building a skyscraper, they don't start by building up. Instead, they start by digging to the bedrock in order to create a foundation of stability. They have to go down deep and excavate tons of soil, sand, clay, rocks, and worms. Sorry, I used to dig up worms when I was a kid. They do all that to finally reach the bedrock so that they can build something that would be worthy of breaking through the clouds 
and be called a skyscraper. We're a lot like that in many ways. Our lives, our careers, our families, they work the same way. If, if we want to build up, we first have to dig deep and develop our foundation. It's not always easy to dig up all the stuff we find below, like the fears we have, the wounds we carry, and the things that hold us back. But once we uncover them, we can reach the core of our foundation and begin the building process to reach even greater heights. Another interesting tidbit of information is the area that's dug up prior to going down to the bedrock. It's called overburden. It's defined as the rock and subsoil that lies above a mineral deposit. Wow, overburden. You'll hear that again in a minute. Today, I want to talk about some of those layers we must dig up to build a great foundation. If you visit some of those beautiful and massive buildings, you can typically walk into a huge area, usually a couple stories high with shops and escalators or elevators leading up or down. Now, that's because the bottom floor or the ground floor is usually made of some of the thickest walls and material. It's the bottom floor that's your first impression, place of direction, and for some, a place of reflection. Before we finish this building and enjoy all it has to offer, we first have to do some digging. When taking some time for self-reflection and a desire to make that climb to the top, it's important to think about what's holding you back. What needs to be unearthed and dealt with? Oh yeah, it's so much easier just not to address it or confront it, right? But remember a key factor of a skyscraper. If you don't dig deep, you'll never be able to build a solid foundation needed to live the life and legacy that you really want. Once you dig down deep, you'll find that core that you can build on. Creating a massive and strong bottom floor before you'll ever get to the next step. That's to build from your foundation, floor by floor, with the principles and the habits that would help you soar to that penthouse view. So what are some of the things you can find on the bottom floor? What are some of those layers to be dug up or revealed in our lives? Those layers that are like the overburden covering the bedrock of our lives. I'll tell you, and of course I will, right after this. <laughs> God's got this. He's concerned about me. He's working in my life. He's bigger than my enemies. He's lining up the right people. He's arranging things in my favor. That attitude of faith is what allows God to do amazing things. Hi, my name is Matt Crump, and I'm a person passionate about hope. My hope in life and hope in yours. I fought in wars both in the army and in life. I fought drugs, alcohol, depression, loneliness, and now I'm fighting cancer. Through this battle and my life's experiences, I've started a ministry called Hashtag God's Got This. We offer hope in a tangible and inspirational way, all in hope for your hope, and all through our hope in Jesus Christ. We offer most of all of our resources every day for free, and we want to reach the world. Please follow us and be an active part of the hashtag God's Got This community on our Facebook group page, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Your support, likes, comments, and sharing can help our ministry become a movement. If you're in a financial position to be a part through monthly giving, we're also a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your donations help us keep broadcasting 
publishing and sharing the message of hope and the powerful message behind our ministry that hashtag God's Got This. Won't you please join us by visiting godsgotthis.love and subscribe to our weekly magazine, HR, Hope Revealed. And you can go to godsgotthis.love backslash donations to generously donate and to help us continue to reach the world. Thank you for your support to help us help you and the world experience a hope revealed. Because hashtag God's got this. All right, so welcome back. We're talking about the bottom floor today here at the podcast. And uh, again, if you'd like some more information about our ministry, please visit us at godsgotthis.love. We'd love to uh, share all of our resources of information with you and uh, send you our Monday magazine called Hope Revealed. And it reveals all kinds of things that we do through the week that's available for you for free. Uh, Tuesday podcast like today. Wednesday, God's Got This Stories on our YouTube channel. It's a show we do. Uh, Thursday's a blog, and Friday is another show on another channel on our YouTube, uh, another playlist on our YouTube channel, uh, which is God's Got This Meaningful Moments. So um, they're all available for you and freebies, and hopefully that you'll take advantage of those and share them. All right, so we're back to talking about the bottom floor and what are some of those layers that are dug up and revealed in our lives, right? So let's get to it. Number one would be humility. That's one of the first things, humility. The only way to achieve being a fantastic leader, enjoying an incredible life, is to be an excellent follower. A bottom floor person who is humble, which is an adjective or a verb, which describes a person or a thing who is not arrogant or overly proud, but modest, simple, and lowly. Humility is an attribute making it a noun, form of the same word, basically the same meaning, a modest view of one's own importance. So humility often means recognizing that we are created by God and interconnected with and dependent upon others. C.S. Lewis said this about humility. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. That's good stuff. Well, here's a, a powerful story. I recently uh, heard this story. Uh, uh, I was on YouTube and saw it. It's a story of Maria and Miguel. And they've been married for 22 years, and they live in Medellin, Colombia. That's a rough area, drug land, and it, the area that they live in is really a poor, poor place, and there's lots of crime and problems and drugs and the whole bit, right? I saw it on the video. And when they found each other, well, they were both drug addicts. And when they got together, they got even worse when they found each other. But after a while, they realized they really needed each other, and they'd fallen in love. They used that gift to beat the addiction to drugs they both faced, and they got clean. They, they straightened up. Their lives were cleaned up, and they were loving each other, loving life, and uh, being a blessing to people around them. I didn't mention that because they were so poor, and they had no jobs, that they couldn't afford housing. I didn't say they were homeless. They just couldn't afford housing. When they first met in their drug-addicted situations, they made their home, get ready for this, in the sewer. <laughs> Not some sewer like you'd think of like on, under the streets of New York City. It was more like a giant concrete septic tank. What's more interesting is in this story that after they got clean and they remained clean, they still live in the sewer. They've been married for 22 years, living in the sewer. 
They found a place of comfort with each other and have made that place their home. They actually now in that place, they have a kitchen, they've got a little bedroom area, and they've got electricity in their little home now. I'm sure quite possibly many of you'd be thinking, man, if they're drug free now and happily married, why not find a better place to live? Well, the answer is simple. Humility. They love each other and they're happy with what they have and it works just fine for them. I'm not saying to go live in a sewer to be happy. I'm just saying that for bottom floor living, it's been pretty good for them. Humility. All right, the next one's grounded. Grounded. A person who is grounded has the ability to be completely aware and conscious during the present moment. You're a person who practices a deep sense of mindfulness and don't really live around the what-ifs. It's just like getting a foundation that holds hundreds of thousands of tons of weight and pressure. It takes time, and it isn't always easy, but it's achievable. Simple personal exercises like breathing, walking, taking some time to relax, and you know, listen to some calming music, stopping to listen instead of waiting for the next opportunity to get your point across. <laughs> I, I recently read in a blog, this is really cool too, from a person whose life was just dramatically trained, changed not too long ago, and, and some could even say turned upside down. That person, Amina, was originally from Kenya and had lived and worked away for about 30 years. She was doing well, however, and unfortunately, her visa ran out. And although her employer had tried to get it renewed without her even knowing about it twice, it was to no avail. Amina had to return to Kenya, a home she'd been away from for 30 years. How can a person get through a situation like that? Her friends and life she had built and enjoyed for all those years suddenly changed. That's what's special about Amina. Here are a few things she shared that got her through that time in her life, and she accredited it in how she did it in an article that's called <coughs> Here are a few things she shared that got her through that time in her life, and she accredited it in, in how she did it in an article entitled entitled, How I Keep Myself Grounded After Life's Hardships. The subtitle was, Understand That Some Things Are and Some Things Are Not. I believe like Maria and Miguel, Amina understood a vital principle in life, to be grateful. Out of that posture, she was able to write a few points that are excellent ways to understand how to live and how to be grounded. One, focus on the now. As friends and family were saddened and made it tough to stay positive, Amina was reminded of a quote from Louis C.K. Some things are and some things are not. She came to the conclusion that the job and the visa were things that are not. She said what could have been is just a waste of cognitive energy. So I try to be mindful and focus on the present and just the very next step that I'm supposed to take. That's powerful stuff. And, of course, her second point was be grateful. She practices being grateful and takes a few moments every morning to reflect on the things she does have. 
the opportunity to live in another land for over three decades and now has friends and experiences she would never have had before. She has a Kindle now with books she's not even read yet and she's going to read them. Is so grateful she has the opportunity to do that. She's also grateful she has a blank piece of paper. She has something to write, something to say, and is grateful for that opportunity in life. Writing is one of her passions, as it is mine, and she's focused to write even no one, if no one else is reading. It's a passion, and it's a part of things in her life that have helped her to not only be grounded, but a shining example of what it means to be a bottom floor person. Thank you, Amina. And I'm hoping to introduce you all to her one day in a future podcast if we can work it out. So, Amina, let's try to make that happen. It would be so cool. All right, so that was it. Number two was uh, grounded, right? And number three, we're moving on to supported. Now, support actually means to bear a part or all of the weight. Is that a description that could define you? A person who's supportive isn't a person that's just all clinging and does whatever you want. You get a puppy dog for that. They, they challenge you, stand beside you when you need them, and give you space you need to roam free and to grow as a person. They're a cheerleader, not a groupie. So a great quote that embodies what it means to bear a part or all of the weight was spoken by our 35th president here in the United States of America, John F. Kennedy. He said, Let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. That's powerful stuff. That's what it means to be supported. All right, next one is trusted. It's going to be one of those tough places. One, it's just hard to trust. And two, to qualify as a person of trust means you have to be a person who can trust. There are so many things that can rob us of trust in our lives, like failed relationships, abusive relationships, lies, manipulation, laziness. I mean, the list can just go on and on. Trust is a precious commodity in our lives, and once it's lost, it's so hard to get back. The old saying goes, trust is not given, it's earned. That's a powerful phrase. However, the latter part deserves a look, earned. That means that we have to actually trust to allow trust to be earned. Trust is built with consistency, not only for others, but in ourselves. Trust is also one of those let-go places. It can kind of be like going to an amusement park and seeing one of those huge bungee jumping things, those big towers, right? You know what I'm talking about. The ones that look like they're a mile high with a piece of dental floss hanging from it. You're supposed to get tied to and jump off, right? Then you become a stain in the pavement, right? I mean, that's that kind of a let go, that kind of a trust place. It's not easy. It's not easy for most, but it is possible. Life can be so much of a rewarding experience with trust in our lives than without it. Without it, we're always looking over our shoulders, constantly living in doubt, and never really enjoying much of anything. I don't think that there are many people who are on the 32nd floor of a skyscraper obsessed over the fact that they aren't sure about the bottom floor. In many cases, the bottom floor can build your trust so much, you never even think about it. Don't even think about it at all and actually enjoy the reason you showed up. The bottom floor could be a place of calm, a place of hope, peace, and yes, a place of trust. 
All right, the next one is a four-letter F word. It sure is. Look out. I might have to beep it. Firm. <laughs> what an interesting four-letter F word. Firm means having a solid, almost unyielding surface or structure. There's no better understanding of this word than to look at what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, and I'll read it to you from the message today. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. There are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the rivers flooded, a tornado hit it, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. <laughs> now, Jesus started from a posture of trust in what he was saying. And although this translation is provided as a better understanding in English for us to understand, the essence of what he said really shines through. He wasn't offering some home improvement. He's offering something better and stronger, built on a firm, unyielding surface. These are words to build life on. They incorporate all of our five points here today. Humility, grounded, supported, trusted, and firm. These are all foundational, bottom floor, essential attributes. And like in verse 26, when he said, if we just use his words for some Bible study, instead of actually working them into our lives, we're building a house on shaky, shifting sand, instead of that firm, unyielding bedrock that provides the foundation for a solid, thick, and trustworthy bottom floor. What this all comes to is that Christ is our foundation, our bedrock, and on that life can be built. Your life. That means you're not, you're not the penthouse. You're the bottom floor that the penthouse gets its joy from. Without the bedrock and without the solid walls and, and well-thought-out construction of you, there, there is no penthouse. Each floor of a towering skyscraper is built on trust, floor by floor, higher and higher. Each floor is a rung in the ladder of a successful life, allowing the climb to the top, not easy, but possible. So my friends, if you're ever going to climb to the top of success in your life, you'll never get there without a good bottom floor. It's never a place to turn our noses up to. It's a place of respect and dignity. And of course, it's trust. So I want to encourage you today to evaluate your place in life. Are you living on shaky ground right now? Questionable relationships, no real firm foundation in your life, just drifting? Is the overburden of your life a cluttered minefield of broken trust and lies, depression, and hopelessness? Then I suggest it's time to start digging. Find a place where there's good soil and an incredible view. And then later, layer by layer, dig deep until you reach the bedrock of your soul. Jesus has been and is there waiting for you. He's not only the bedrock. He's the shovel that helps you dig. But you have to put that shovel to the ground. 
as you do, Christ begins a work in you, and the layout begins for an incredible bottom floor. When people walk into the doors of your life and look around with Christ as your foundation, then the bottom floor looks like a welcoming place, a safe place, a place of potential and dreams, a place that when the top floor is reached isn't just about how ornate the penthouse is, because that's going to be awesome for sure. It's about the view. (laughs) This is possible, and it's possible for you. No matter what condition you find yourself in now, if it's in poor health or maybe you're just poor yourself in life, it can all be turned around by making the new creation even better. It's girded up with humility because it is grounded, supported, and trusted with a firm foundation, able to withstand heavy rain and winds. Its very construction was thought out in a special way just to withstand those assaults. If you're ready for a change and tired of home improvements and just want a brand new place on a firm foundation, well, we'd be happy to pray with you and help you meet this bedrock of life named Jesus Christ. So feel free to reach out to us here at community at godsgotthis.love or reach out through our social media and message, uh, message us there and we'd love to chat. My friend, there is hope and not just some flimsy hope, I'm talking solid. No matter what you're facing, things always seem different when you don't have to think about the foundation. I I hope that today that I spoke to your heart and that you found some truths you can carry with you for the rest of your life. There is hope. Even when you may doubt, there's hope. So before we go today, I want to share another great scripture with you from the Bible. And remember, as Paul said to us from God's heart in Philippians 4, 6-9, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And that he surely will, my friends. The choice is yours. I think you make a pretty awesome bottom floor. So that being said, don't give in, don't give up, and never forget, hashtag God's got this.